In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. And today is a great day to thank God for everything that we have received from Him. In the United States, it is the holiday dedicated to giving thanks to God, Thanksgiving Day. But every day, all over the world, no matter where we are or who we are, we have to thank God always. Saint Jose Maria in fact, called acts of thanksgiving, acts of gratitude, an always norm, something that we habitually ought to do because our very being depends entirely on God. He pointed out many times that we have never, we were never asked by God to come into existence. Our very existence, our Everything we have, our talents, our virtues, our, even our defects, all have been foreseen by God, allowed by God, given to us by God, so that we can fulfill the single mission that we have received from before the foundation of the world, as St. Paul would say, in giving glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for everything, because everything is good even those things that appear to be bad. Somehow you have weaved them in into your plan so that we can use them to sanctify ourselves. In the Gospel, we read that there were ten lepers who were passing by and they came close to Jesus. And they lifted their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And St. Luke continues, It came to pass, as they were on their way, that they were made clean. But one of them, seeing that he was made clean, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and he fell on his feet, on his face, at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. We know how the story ends, how this episode in our Lord's life concludes. And that is that Jesus is somehow pained that ten lepers were made clean, and yet only one came back to give thanks. He says, were not the ten made clean, but where are the nine? Has no one been found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go thy way, for thy faith has saved thee. As we can see from this gospel passage, thanksgiving, this attitude of being grateful, for everything we have received, 
gives this tenth leper something extra. He gets something that the others do not get. He receives salvation, forgiveness of sins, friendship with God. The others won a material favor, being cured from their leprosy. This Samaritan received a far greater one, far greater favor, because it was at the spiritual level. Why was that? Because he made himself capable of receiving this gift of forgiveness of sins, of friendship with God, by being thankful. Thanksgiving somehow enlarges our heart to be able to receive even greater gifts from God. This is part of the first commandment, and it is part of the fourth commandment. We have to thank God for everything we do, and we have to thank all the people that do us some favor, whether explicitly in the name of God, or because of God, or not. We all depend on one another, and we all need to be thankful. We are thankful when we then give what we have received, when we act in the same way that others have acted in our regard. If we look at the Gospel, we realize that even our Lord gives thanks. He is an example of thanksgiving to the Father. At the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, he raises his eyes to heaven and he gives thanks. Before the resurrection of Lazarus, he does the same thing. He gives thanks to God the Father for having listened to him, knowing exactly what was to happen and how he had been found gracious in the sight of the Father, obviously because he is the Word incarnate himself. We can only imagine how pleasing the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is to the Father, because it is an act of praise, of thanksgiving, of obedience entirely to God. In fact, this is what the word Eucharist means, thanksgiving. And we know that the cross and the Eucharist are intimately related. When we participate at Mass in the Holy Eucharist, hopefully receiving the Holy Eucharist in, in the most perfect way possible with our soul totally clean, we are giving thanks to God in the most perfect way. Because, let's face it, you and I, nothing to give back to God. There's nothing that we have that he doesn't have already. Not our brilliant ideas, not our money, not our talents, not anything that we can do that he cannot do quicker, better, faster, in a, in a wiser way. He doesn't need anything that we can have. And yet, God wants us to thank him. And just like St. Maria pointed out, when a little kid wants to thank his mother or father, even the parent gives the child that through which the child can give thanks. 
and that is, you know, dad gives the child a present so that he can give it to mom, but the child doesn't have any. Everything he has is given to him. Well, the same thing happens in the Eucharist. We don't have anything of our own to give back to God, and so we give him what he gives us to thank him with, and that is his only begotten son. When we participate at Mass, we, we ourselves become identified with the sacrifice of our Lord on the cross, being part of the body of Christ, and we give thanks to the Father with the very same gifts that he has given us, his Son, his only begotten Son. Since we cannot pay back what we have received, the only thing we can do is really approximate that thanksgiving with a symbol, with a sign that shows that if we were capable, we, we would be giving everything back and more. That's why the best way to give thanks is with love. Because love includes an extra, something extra that is not strictly found in just giving back what we justly need to give back. As St. Josemaria would say many times, love is with love repaid. Love is with love repaid. One time he was giving out communion to a group of religious nuns. And he was interiorly impressed at how much these women, these holy women, these pious women, loved Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. But he, being a little more daring than they, perhaps interiorly, as he was giving out communion, would say, Lord, I love you more than this one. I love you more than this one and the next one. And he confessed later on, as he wrote down in his diary, that at that time he was struck by words that he heard in, his, in the intimacy of his soul, without the noise of words, but it was very clear to him that it was our Lord who was telling him that love is deeds and not sweet words. And that reproach of our Lord, so to speak, as he called it, never left him. He never forgot that lesson. Love is deeds and not sweet words. Our Lord was was spurring him on to a greater thanksgiving that is characterized by giving thanks with deeds and not just words. Although words are good and made true and made valuable, made real with deeds that follow therein. If you think of Zacchaeus, the the publican who had embezzled money and and he was you know probably a dishonest character in society, not the, the nicest guy in the world. He was curious to see our Lord and he thus climbed a sycamore tree, in order to see Christ passing by. And our Lord is moved by that gesture of Zacchaeus, and he tells him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, 
for I must stay in your house today. And Zacchaeus was taken aback by that invitation, kind of that self-invitation of our Lord to go into his house, into his own house. And he made haste and came down and welcomed him joyfully. And upon seeing it, upon seeing it, all began to murmur, saying, "He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner." But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, "Behold, Lord, I have, I give one half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold." And Jesus said to him. Today salvation has come to this house, since he too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. We see here that Zacchaeus is not just a man who will put up a nice dinner for our Lord, uh, like Simon the Pharisee had done. And it's just kind of an outward show of a display of money and a display of food, and but with no substance. It was words without deeds. Here, he converts. He actually changes his life. He promises to give fourfold to anyone that he has defrauded and to give back what he has taken. This is, this is a real conversion from the heart, and it shows by a change of lifestyle. If we are thankful to God for everything that we have received, especially the forgiveness of our sins, because that is undeserved, God doesn't have to forgive us, that's a gift, then we too need to change our lifestyle. We need to change the way we behave. We ourselves, perhaps, need to become more compassionate in forgiving others. That is, in fact, the logical way that we can show thanksgiving to God for having been forgiven ourselves. Lord, help us not to be like the unfaithful steward who was forgiven much from his master. And when he was forgiven a, a, a large quantity of money, when he was set free, not turned into the to the bailiff to go into prison and pay the last penny that he owed, he himself did not forgive a much smaller sum of money from one of his colleagues or friends or whomever owed him money. And the master was, and everyone was, distraught at that sight that this man was forgiven much and then couldn't forgive even a fraction of what he himself had been forgiven. Lord, help us to avoid that situation by examining our conscience now and considering that if we are really thankful for what we have been given, especially the gift of the forgiveness of sins, that we too will hold no more grudges with anyone around us, any loved one that has slighted us or anybody at work or, uh, or whomever really has hurt us, you know, quote unquote, our enemies. We have no enemies because we love them all. But Lord, help us to make that a reality. We need to give thanks to you because 
We do not deserve anything. Nothing. Everything we have has been given to us by you. We need to give thanks like the sinner in the synagogue that sat in the back and he was standing far off and would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven because he knew how much evil he had done. And he kept striking his breast, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We have to be thankful like that publican. Not like the Pharisee who sat in the front row and who said, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, robbers, dishonest, adulterers, or even like this publican. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I possess. Our Lord here is giving us an example of what to do and what not to do. We have to be like like uh, the publican, standing in the back, standing far off, not even looking up to heaven because we are sinners. And yet, we receive this gift of forgiveness from our Lord because he looks at us gently and with with wonderful eyes of a father. But if we pray, a prayer of thanksgiving even, like the Pharisee from the top of his pride, from the height of his pride, saying, you know, all the things that we do, that we do for God, not realizing that those things that we may do for God, whether it be our fasts or our tithes or our, you know, our honesty at work and our chastity and, and whatnot, if we don't realize that all those things are gifts from God themselves, then we become self-righteous. Listen to these words of our Lord. I tell you, this man went back to his home, justified, the sinner, that is, rather than the other one, the, the, uh, the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Our acts of thanksgiving have to be rooted in humility. And that means that we cannot complain anymore. Perhaps we can give up complaining. That's a great act of thanksgiving in itself. Listen to the words of St. Maria in his Way of the Cross when he has an insight into what must have gone through Simon's head, Simon, the, the Simon of Cyrene, who helped Jesus to carry the cross. You can only imagine Simon, you know, not wanting to carry the cross. He was just pulled from the crowd by the soldiers and and um, told to carry the cross. It was he was it was forced upon him. But Saint Maria has a, an insight into what happened um, in his thoughts, what went through his mind as he was being forced to carry the cross externally. He said he must have actually, at some point. Uh, wanted, chosen to help Jesus and lend him a small service. And that's why he says, in the whole context of the passion, this help does not add up to very much. But for Jesus, a smile, a word, a gesture, a little bit of love is enough for him to pour out his grace bountifully on the soul of his friend. So a little bit of love if we show Jesus just a little bit of love, we can't pay back 
everything that he has given us. But if we just show him that we are, that we we would be willing to pay back if we had greater love, but just show him just something, a, a token of our affection, a token of our thanksgiving. He cannot be outdone in generosity, and he will pour out his grace bountifully on the soul of each one of us. And that's what he did with Simon of Cyrene. For years later, Simon's sons, Christians by then, will be known and held in high esteem among their brothers in the faith. Think about this, that a, a small act of service at that moment, which seemed to be a forced act of service, something that he did not choose, because he interiorly chose it and he interiorly wanted to give this gift to our Lord, he is actually thanked a lot more by God by being blessed with the faith for his entire family. And as St. Maria says, it all started with this unexpected meeting with the cross. Now, that's a beautiful example of how we ought to thank God, even for those things that seem evil, seem bad to us, and, and make no sense, uh, apparently. We have to realize that everything can work unto the good for those who love God, as St. Paul says to the Romans. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for everything, says St. Maria. For what goes against me, for, I, for what I don't understand, for the things that make me suffer. The blows are necessary to hack away what is superfluous from the huge block of marble. That is how God sculptures the image of his son in souls. Be grateful to God for those caresses. These words can help us to examine our lives and say or think how we can transform all those things that we consider um, contradictions, setbacks, evils in our lives and actually be thankful for them because God at least has given us an opportunity to purify ourselves here on earth, better here than in purgatory. And so everything is a grace. Everything is a matter of thanksgiving. What goes against me, what I don't understand, whatever it may be. Thank you, Lord, for nothing can, can come from you that actually harms me ultimately. Seneca, in, um, in his book on De Beneficis, he says that we are sometimes under a greater obligation to one who has given little with a large heart and has bestowed a small favor yet willingly. Somehow a, a small act is is to be thanked more if it is done with great love. And that is what we actually have to realize, that when we are thankful, we are doing small things. But if we do them with a big heart, then God will, will look upon us with greater love. A kindly action, writes Seneca again, consists not in deed or gift, but in the disposition of the giver or doer. 
So the question is, when we make acts of thanksgiving, we need to ask ourselves, where is our heart? Where, where are our thoughts? Are we really thanking God? Are we really disposed to helping him uh, carry out the work, his mission? Are we really doing it out of love? Are we really wanting to give that little extra? Or are we simply doing it out of duty or you know, to pay back or to get another favor from him or something like that? That would not be a pure act of thanksgiving. But if, that were, if we were to discover that in our lives, we can rectify the intention, purify it, and then begin again, doing things joyfully and readily, so that whenever we pray or go to Mass or do something for somebody else, we do it out of love for God with a greater impetus to uh, help others also give thanks to God for what they have been given. If we turn to Mary, we see that she is a woman of, of thanksgiving. She is so thankful for the gifts that she has received that she cannot hold them back and keep them to herself. In fact, she, as soon as she conceives of our Lord in the womb, she runs to visit her cousin Elizabeth. That's how thankful she is to God. She has to magnify, her soul magnifies the Lord, praises the Lord, for he has done great things in her. But she just doesn't remain in words. She actually is very helpful to her cousin Elizabeth and shows her gratitude to God by serving. And you can only imagine that Elizabeth, being an older woman, being pregnant for the first time, that could have been a very difficult thing for her. And that Mary was there for three months. And Mary was there to help out and not to impose her own will, but to actually bring the joy of Jesus with haste, fast, so that Elizabeth can, can feel accompanied by that warmth. That is Mary's act of thanksgiving, and, and it is so dearly received by her cousin. We too can do the same. Let us, let us visit someone who is sick, visit someone who is dying, visit someone whom we don't like or not get along with, as a great act of thanksgiving to our Lord for all the benefits that we have received. Because after... All the goods that we have, how could we complain anymore? Let us turn to Mary and to St. Maria for this great grace that we too may correspond in many acts of thanksgiving throughout our day. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.